This is the Tornado Trackers Podcast. The Tornado Trackers are storm chasers Jeremy Heyman, Jeff Mangum, and me, Gabe Cox. Hey, I'm Jeremy. I'm Gabe. And I'm Jeff. And this is the Tornado Trackers podcast. Welcome to the show, everyone. I, f- I felt like we had good energy at the top there. I kind of like yelled, sorry, everyone, but also not sorry, everyone. No, I think we should. <laughs> let's do it again. Let's do it louder. Okay. Ready? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Take hey, two. Hey, I'm let's Jeremy. I'm Gabe. <laughs> and I'm Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> We're using that. <laughs> Yeah. I've never called myself Jeffrey before <laughs> in Jeff. 45 years. That just happened. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Welcome to the Tornado Trackers podcast. This is a podcast about screaming and Jeffrey. You know, it's a storm chasing podcast uh, about severe weather, about uh, just the three best buddies who are storm chasing best friends also. Um, thank you so much for joining us. We have an awesome show for you um stoked uh and i think what our audience is waiting the most for jeff is a candle update it it is high time i you know what I, i will say this i am very honored somewhat perplexed but mostly honored by the fact that so many people have asked about the candle and that means a lot to me People so have stopped I, me on the side of the road during a chase to ask. No, I'm I just I, want you to know that. <laughs> that <laughs> I can tell thing. you. I told my <laughs> wife, I was like, that makes me and my candle love feel very special. So I got a new candle today. And um I was in Target. And Target has great candles. So if you're like, where do you get your candles? I get them all over the place. I'll order them, but sometimes Target is nails. And as long as you spend 30 minutes, like taking them all off the shelf, putting them on the ground and moving them around and feeling the weight of them and then looking the title and then, you know, praying about it. And I found one, I found one that's perfect, uh, for, for the fall. Mm. So this, this, uh, candle very large, by the way, it's called Macintosh and pumpkin. Wow. Macintosh and pumpkin. So pumpkin, I didn't go for the traditional pumpkin spice, but pumpkin has that fall flavor. Yeah. And uh, I did a lot of sniff testing in the middle of Target. Uh, uh, Obscenely weird sniff testing. (laughs) Doing it now. And I'm telling you right now, it is my favorite candle of 2021, folks. Here we go. Macintosh and pumpkin. Let's do this. So... Uh, if you go to Target, I'm Target better sponsor us. Yeah. It's the threshold. <laughs> it's called Threshold and it's a uh, Macintosh and pumpkin. And it's uh, just so we're clear, it has notes of cinnamon and apple. <laughs> oh, man. So there it is, y'all. So nope. that's, that's Can my fragrance. Taste it. No pumpkin oh. notes? Where's no. the pumpkin? <laughs> no pumpkin <laughs> notes. <laughs> no pumpkin notes. <laughs> Just That's relegated notes to the of title. Cinnamon and apple. So I'm pretty pumped about it. This is the first time. If y'all remember last time, I was not very high on candles. I was feeling a little discouraged. But I found my new my new passion at Target. Just sitting down <laughs> in the middle of a aisle, and I found this Macintosh and pumpkin. Boom. There it is. Let's do this. We're well known for our um, tornado chase, storm chase sort of, you know, audio journeys. I think you just took us on one too, right there. I think Gabe's going to insert some audio of you at Target going through the aisles. (laughs) Sniffing loudly. Y'all, I took 20 to 30 minutes. It was stupid. So I was on the phone with my wife going, I should have picked one out. She goes, find the one that jumps out to you. I'm like, none of them jump out. So I sat down. I brought 10 of them on the ground. You can't uh, rush the, worker, those things. the workers there were a little bothered, but <laughs> Macintosh and Pumpkin showed up. I was like, I yelled, I found it. Eureka. <laughs> Went to self-checkout. Game over. Oh, Huzzah. <laughs> beautiful. It's, that's actually how it went down, though. That's the thing. So exactly how it went down. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, I don't know if our listeners know, Jeff records in his closet. 
yes. and he's burning a candle. <laughs> and I'm, that's got to be amongst his clothing. That's this has to be an amazing scent journey as you exit in <laughs> into the rest of your house of just of just you know what occurs there. I got a couple suit jackets that are eerily close to that candle top. <laughs> I have to make sure they don't get set on fire. If I run out of here and scream, we all know what's happening. <laughs> Macintosh and pumpkins setting my closet on fire. Thank worth you. it. Worth it. Oh, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jeff. <laughs> thank you. So disturbing. <laughs> I need a life. I need some kind of life right now. This is ridiculous. You're, you're giving us life, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Gosh, this candle's great. I can't lie, guys. <laughs> <laughs> don't I've edit this bad, I've, no, I've, had some, I've had some bad candles before like the thunderstorm one was horrible y'all remember that it was like there was a well uh, with a title uh, like that you probably had high expectations it was a texas thunderstorm and it tastes yeah. it smelled like you can't uh, give a storm manure. chaser that yeah no. but this is, it, is we golden bust? my friends yeah. oh let's do this let's go <laughs> Well, let's dive in, fellas, to the topic today, which is a really exciting storm chase, if I do say so myself. It is a recent storm chase uh, from 2021. This is the May 24th, 2021 chase of the Selden, Kansas EF1. And I know that may have felt a little anticlimactic for me to say an EF1, but this tornado was a visual beast. Just mm-hmm. an amazing, amazing. tornado amazing. that our very own Gabe Cox documented beautifully. And super exciting for our listeners. We're about to drop our extended cut um, of the Selden, Kansas tornado uh, chase. We've had a, a little bit shorter one on our YouTube channel, but we're about to drop a 15 minute plus uh, chase of Gabe's amazing footage. Um, and so check that. That'll be in the show notes that's dropping today when this podcast drops. Um, so follow along um, with the visuals as we describe the audio. Um, so, Gabe, if you would, please give us some context on the day. Uh, what was that day like for you to start off? Yeah. Um, well, if you'll remember, Jeremy, uh, the day before Selden, you and I actually got a chance, a rare opportunity to chase together um, out in uh, eastern Colorado. Yeah, we chased um, a couple days. We chased uh, yeah. the day before was in the panhandle of Nebraska. Yep. And, and this then... was day two of us chasing together. Um yeah, it was a tough, the, the day before Selden was a really tough chase day. We did see that monstrous high precipitation beast of a storm that almost ran us over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, almost lost my, almost lost my drone in. Yeah. Uh, that almost thing. Drone, windshields, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a really tough day. And, and um, I think it was about mid afternoon that you decided you were going to head back. Um, you had to get back home. Um and I was, I was over a week into a storm chase trip already. Uh, I had taken a friend of mine from Jacksonville. He, he flew out and, um, he got to chase with me for a week and, um, that was really awesome. And I had dropped him off at the airport a few days before. And so I'm, I'm a week in, uh, over a weekend chasing at this point. So, um, so the day before Selden, when Jeremy and I had that tough day, he ended up going home mid afternoon yeah, Jeremy, once you left, I made some really dumb navigation errors that put me out of play for the, mm. the storms for the rest of the day, which really got me down. I don't think anything actually happened, but just no. being separated from the storms got me really frustrated. And of course, this is the first time in over a week that I'm finally by myself and realizing like, oh man, I really miss my family. Like, mm. <laughs> I felt the loneliness immediately and got homesick and nothing like chase disappointment to really drive that and put an exclamation point on it. Um, so that night I, I pulled into a hotel parking lot to sleep in the Subaru and uh, yeah, just was feeling depressed and ready to go home. And I had made up my mind that night, like, yep, I'm, I'm going to wake up and go home in the morning. The next day forecast didn't look that great. There was, I think a 2% on the SPC website and 
yeah, just wasn't feeling it. Just felt defeated and ready to be home with my family. But woke up the next morning and just kind of paused for a minute, watched the sunrise. Um, it was really beautiful that morning. Breathed in the fresh Kansas air and just determined like, okay, you know what? No, I'm I'm not going to give up on this chase. There's a chance for tornadoes and I'm going to go for it. And actually, when I looked at the Storm Prediction Center's website, they had upgraded the tornado risk. So, it was a, a bit of uh, me kind of swallowing that homesickness and saying, all right, no, I'm out. This is what I'm here for. This is what I do now. I got to commit to this and, and make this happen. Um, and so, I I got up early and started driving to the target area for the day. Was it, I know in hindsight, right, we have, you know, we're retelling these stories and, you know, hindsight, you know, maybe bring some things together a little bit clearer. And I, and I hear you saying that, you know, maybe you had a renewed sense of hope, but like, what was it like driving into this day? I mean, you just described, you know, you'd missing your family, you'd been on the road for a week, like you hadn't seen a ton. We'd had a disappointing day the day before, like, was it hard to drive towards the target that day or were you just, are, are you, I guess what I'm asking is, are you lying to us right now? <laughs> <laughs> are you a liar? <laughs> You're on the record. Go. No, I actually, I had, I had a pretty spiritual moment when the sun rose the next morning. So legitimately mm. I felt like renewed and refreshed and, um, yeah, I, not to say like, oh yeah, screw my family. <laughs> it wasn't that, but it was it was a reminder. I just had a good moment and a reminder to myself, like, hey, this is the career that I've been dreaming about since I was a kid, mm. and I'm I'm here. I'm doing it. Like this is what I asked for, <laughs> and I have this opportunity. That's basically, I mean, if I drove home that day, I would be driving through the target area. So mm. it seemed kind of silly anyway to not chase, but. I had to have that that uh, mental space in that moment of pause to reflect on, you know, basically my whole life. Like, yeah, this is why I'm here. Like, there are going to be disappointments and I'm going to have to push through those. But here's a new day. Here's a new opportunity. Let's go for it. Yeah, totally. Totally. That's awesome, man. I, I didn't know that you had kind of like a, a new, like a, a awakening that morning. And um Okay, so how far was about was the target from where you're at? So, uh, from where I woke up that morning, I only had to drive about an uh, hour and a half to two hours south. Um, I started the day in Leoti, Kansas, uh, which is really beautiful chase terrain, very flat, open. Yeah. Um, just like picture perfect uh, chase terrain. So, went down there. There was an outflow boundary from the storm. So, this pocket of cool air from the previous day had settled across the area and it was going to stall and then retreat north just a little bit. Uh, and that was going to be, uh, an area that provided, um, a little bit added vorticity for the storms, a little bit of a boundary for these storms to cling onto and add some extra spin to them. Um, and so it seemed like a pretty compact, a pretty obvious, uh, target area in the SPC highlighted that area. Um, and by, I think it was about 1.30 in the afternoon. So, pretty early in the afternoon, there was already a tornado watch. And the first first storms of the day were going up. Um, it was a really awesome day to watch storms go up too because it was uh, mostly sunny in the morning. And then you had these cumulus clouds that boiled up in this under this deep blue sky. And then you started seeing these towers go up. And then soon enough, you see the first little blips on the radar. And it's just, man, that moment as a storm chaser, mm -hmm. I forgot about all the frustrations of the previous <laughs> week and like, all right, here's, here is a new fresh opportunity that's just popping up on radar. Let's do this. So it was about one when the first storm went up, uh, it fired up and like erupted immediately went severe warned. I was in the perfect spot. I was like a 10 minute drive to get directly underneath it. And, um, started time lapsing the storm and it was beautiful. It was awesome to be out under a storm, but it, uh, I could tell pretty soon that it was struggling to organize beyond just a severe thunderstorm. Uh, the low level rotation was struggling and I stuck with it for two hours because at the time it seemed like this is the spot I need to be in. So for two hours I'm watching this storm and it's just like pulsing up and down. And if like, it would seem like it was about to get sacked together and then it would kind of fall apart a little bit and then it would try to act, get it sacked together again. So it was kind of like, 
teasing everybody, dangling a carrot out in front of all these chasers, and everyone was waiting. What's up, Aaron? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, how are you? Doing good. That was a good attempt. Man, did it try real hard there for a minute. Dang close. And that's when I noticed two hours into this watching the storm that storms to the north were beginning to fire. Yeah. And what a interesting feeling, you know, when you're out there and you're you're away from maybe something that is happening at a distance. Uh what is what what like gut check what is your vibe in that moment? Like what is the decision making process in your head? Yeah, initially I wrote those those northern storms off pretty quickly because I thought they were I thought they were uh, north of the boundary at that point, and not only that, they were an hour and a half away. So taking a chance of abandoning the storm that I was on that kept trying to get its act together to drive an hour and a half north to these storms that may not do anything at all, just like it didn't interest me at first, but then. Uh, it didn't take long before I saw that those northern storms were going tornado warned. And there were several tornado warnings to my north now. And so it's just a sick feeling to have to pull away from a storm that you're on in any case. But to drive an hour and a half north <laughs> to a different target, you're you're restarting your day, essentially. Yeah. Uh, you don't know if the storms are going to be there in an hour and a half no. by the time you get there. Um, and so, you know, I, I sat in the car, um, watching the storm for another like 10 or 15 minutes, trying to make up my mind. And I finally just said, you know what? I'm going like, I, yeah. uh, if something happens up North and I didn't go, I'm going to regret it and, and think like, could I have made it? Um, and I had given this other storm two hours of my time already. So it was a gamble. There was no, like, <laughs> there was no intelligent, uh, decision making behind it other than just like tossing a coin basically because it felt like in the moment any of those storms could go tornado warned and it could be the storm of the day but i just had to make a decision um and the the fact that the tornado warnings were going off to the north more frequently told me that there was something there hmm, what is the plan here little did I know that the outflow boundary had retreated north and that those storms were taking full advantage of the outflow boundary up there. You know, that that's that. And that's one of the things I want to, I want to bring up because there's a lot of things that you're looking at with surface observations and things, uh, forecast models ahead of time where you think this is where storms should fire off. But if they don't, and then you see them firing off north or south or west or east or wherever, there comes a point going, okay, how many storms have to fire off to convince me <laughs> the action is elsewhere? <laughs> but then you see stuff firing off, and usually like a day later, some some uh, meteorologists will go back and look at things going, oh, here's why, th here's why things fired off 100 right. miles away. We didn't know that at the time. Right. So there's a bit of a gamble of going, you know what, I need to abandon ship and just go. Yeah. Hindsight's right? always 2020. Yeah. And you're right. After every event, it makes perfect sense why a lot of times, sometimes it's still yeah. a mystery, but there's a, yeah. it makes a lot more sense when you're looking at something that happened in hindsight. And it becomes a little more obvious about what the choices should have been made. But also remember, I'm solo chasing now, so I'm yeah. not being able, like, I can't check surface observations every no. five minutes or satellite because um, I'm actually actively chasing the storm. Um, and that's, again, why I hate solo chasing. It was another reason why I wanted to go home just because I, I don't enjoy chasing alone as much. It's very difficult to do. Um but when I pulled over for that 15 minutes, it became more clear about the decision I need to make, which was to go north. So I did it. And I had to, the other, the other thing was I had to punch the core of the storm I was on to be able to go north immediately. That's the heavy rain and all the hail. Right. Like it's, you're going to de the devil's the core, of <laughs> devil's the storm, core yeah. to get to where you want to go. And I, I felt pretty confident looking at radar that the hail wasn't going to be too big, but you just don't know. And it was 
something I had to do to be able to reach the northern storms in time. I couldn't just wait for my storm to pass. They were moving slowly that day. Um, It would have been another 15 minutes to a half an hour. I just needed to go. Uh, And so I kind of held my breath and started to core punch. And thankfully, the hail was not that big. It was soft that day, too. So it kind of um, shattered on impact. Um, and I made it through the core of the storm. No problem. Um, not, not that dangerous of a situation in that case, uh, core punching can be extremely dangerous. It's something you have to, you know, each, each situation is completely different. You have to take into account your circumstance every time that time I felt confident that I would be okay doing it. And I was, but I punched through this core and immediately I see these supercells an hour and a half to my north beautiful looking storms i can see them on the horizon and all of a sudden as i'm driving i'm probably a half an hour to 45 minutes on my drive to these storms so i'm perfectly in between the storm i just left and the storm i'm going to in front of me on these northern storms i see this amazing stovepipe tornado so this just this straight trunk of cloud coming down from the base of the storm in front of me it's 22 miles away and Ugh. because this part of kansas is just so flat and open i could see it you can see I mean, it, it was, that's crazy it, i could see it perfectly it was tiny because it was so far away but here i was i had just left the storm and the storm i just left went tornado worn too so the storm I just left went tornado worn. Yeah. The storm in front of me has a tornado 22 miles away that I can see. Oh and gosh. I think I'm missing everything by being in between all the storms in commute. Yeah. And it was soul crushing because I had just woken up that morning determined like, I'm going to make the best of it. It's going to be a great day. And no matter what happens, I'm right. happy yeah. <laughs> unless I'm in between two tornado worn storms and I want to give up. That's, that's how we go. It was the yeah. worst feeling. Uh, and I, I was able to keep my emotions in check because um, you've heard on previous podcasts that I've had my share, my fair share of circumstances that have taught me that there'll, there'll be other chases, but man, what a disappointment to be 22 miles away from such a beautiful tornado. And I, I managed to pull over real quick and get a grainy iPhone shot of it. Like I zoomed way in on my iPhone and got this really distant fuzzy shot of <laughs> the stovepipe tornado. Cause I thought that was going to be it. Um, I didn't have the right lens at the moment to shoot it with my better camera. So I thought, well, I'm out of luck. I missed the tornado of the day. Yeah. And at that point I kind of felt like giving up again. Um, but I thought, you know what? I'm halfway there. I don't think, these storms are done. I still have hours of daylight left. So let's just keep going and let's just see what happens because I'm here. Let's just go investigate essentially. It's deceptive. Like when you're driving up and we hear 22 miles away, a lot of people hear that and like, well, that's so far away, even with flat lanes, how can you see it? Well, and the other, the other thing about the road network there was I had to kind of go a roundabout way. There were some big patches of uh, undeveloped land that I had to go around. So it wasn't a straight shot to the storm, um, which is why it took 45 minutes to close that 22 mile gap. Yeah. Um, which again was frustrating. Yeah, that's like, true. Why can't they true. put a road here? Don't they yeah. know I need that? <laughs> they intentionally did not put a road yeah. there. So you could not see that tornado. <laughs> kind of had to backtrack a few times and man, and I had to make, you know, those last minute navigation decisions too. um, you know, taking routes around this undeveloped land. Do I go left or do I go right to go around it? Cause it has huge implications about where you end up. Um, which all depends on the speed of the storm and, you know, I didn't know what the road was going to be like, if it was going to be a dirt road or sometimes Google takes people on these grass roads that just kind of dead end. So there's all these risks that go into choosing a road. And um, luckily I chose the right one and I caught up to the storm about 5 PM. I started to to get to the storm. And just as I'm pulling up to the storm, um, I saw a really quick funnel and it felt like things were, were going well. And I thought, oh, good. Like I didn't waste that hour and a half. Maybe there'll be another tornado. And then all of a sudden the storm, a sep- separate storm to the south starts to come in and merge with the storm that I'm on. And typically when that happens is they'll crash into each other. They disrupt the, all of the wind flow in each other. And it just kind of, it just kills it. 
and it, it more often than not, it kills any tornado chance. And so yeah. here I am arriving on the scene, funnel just forms and think I'm, everything's going good. And then here comes another storm to crash the party, essentially. New circulation. Massive circulation. It just got rain wrapped. And Gabe, uh, need to pull the curtain back a little bit. Um, at this moment, I think it was at this moment. Now, this is something that we don't, we really don't do very often as three storm chasing friends. We're on a group text together, and that group text is fairly sacred in terms of, you know us communicating together and and we don't we we don't branch off uh into other you know texts but i will say in this moment (laughs) knowing the week you had been through i was texting jeff separately um and just being like oh man like i'm worried about gabe like i hope he didn't make the wrong call me saying that may not feel like a significant thing, but we have had a group text for 10 years yeah. that, that we, you know, keep together 99.999% of the time. Um, and we were, we were worried about you, man, not that you were in danger or anything like that, but we were just uh, worried about your heart. Truly like your emotional yeah. state, like, Oh no. Like it makes three of us. <laughs> and so, and so j- it wasn't, it, it, we were, I, I, I can just speak for myself. I, I was, I, I was just like, oh no, like, did Gabe just turn around and chase after these other storms and, and is it, is it a bust? And uh, I just, I hope you know that comes from a place of love. Like, oh yeah. And, and I, I got to backtrack because we talked about the text thread. Um, when I, in that 15 minutes that I was deciding whether I should go north or not, you guys played a pivotal role in that because I was so frustrated from the fact that I was an hour and a half away from these storms and I just didn't think I could pull it off. But you guys, you encouraged me. You said, you got, you can do this. Like you have time to do this. And Jeff, actually, I think you sent me a screenshot of the road options I could take and the amount of time it'd take to get there and the speed of the storms. And that's exactly what I needed because I didn't have the ability to figure that out in the moment because I was looking at all this other stuff and, you know, trying to figure out what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And it's just, I get to a point where I get flustered uh, when I'm solo chasing and to have that bit of clarity come in from someone who's outside the situation was huge for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what catapulted me and motivated me to head North. Mm -hmm. We all need like some moments of perspective and going, you know what? It's, you got plenty of time. If you, even if, even if you take a wrong road, you still have time. And, Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's so great about having a team or some other friends who are like uh, thinking about that. So, yeah, the outside perspective is huge because when you're in the middle of any situation, it doesn't matter if it's storm chasing or not to have some outside perspective uh, poured into your life in any regard is so important because when you're in the middle of something, it will seem way more daunting than it actually is. And to have someone come in and say, hey, it's going to be fine. You can actually do this. Are we What's talking about huge? tornadoes or are we talking about life right now? No, so I was about to say, like, we do that. That's Both. one of my favorite things about us three, but how people do that for each other. Like, even the last week, all of us have had moments where, like, I'm overwhelmed. Work is crazy. I don't have time for this. This is not going well. And all we need is someone or one or two guys that can say, or ladies, ladies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to say, no, you're too close to the situation. Take a breath. Pull back. It's not as bad as you think. Mm-hmm. You can make it. And I think it's so necessary to hear from perspectives of people that are like, I, I, like Jeremy's in Colorado. I'm in Austin. Gabe is in Kansas. Yeah. I love it. I love that so much. Yeah. And it was huge. Um, and again, it's what got me to those, nor- those northern storms. And I mean, at this point now, I'm thinking that, you know, it was all for nothing. I at least got to see a funnel, which was great. I was thankful for that or trying to be thankful for that. Um, but I stuck with the storm anyway, cause like, okay, well again, I'm here. So let's just stick with it and let's see if it can recover. It, it seemed unlikely, but you know, I'm not going to go an hour and a half back South to the other storm, which again is still tornado warned. 
Um, and at this point, I'm actively avoiding social media because I don't want to know if the <laughs> Southern Storm produced a tornado. I didn't want to so know brutal. at all. That's so brutal. Uh, That's also another important life lesson. Avoid social media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you don't know is better for you. Yeah. Um, so, a half an hour later, sticking with the storm, it starts to uh, kind of get its act together. And so, around 530 the base of the storm I had targeted was emerging from this cell merger and it looked better than it did before. It was shocking. Um, I don't know the meteorology behind that. I won't pretend to know or try to explain it. All I know is that I made the, the risk to go up. The merger happened and the storm came out stronger. Um, and it was gorgeous. Uh, and it, you know, for the next 15 to 20 minutes, it really got its act together and it developed this really gorgeous rain-free base. And so the bottom of this storm, the updraft area is, is rotating. It had these really deep greens and blues and grays to it. And this wall cloud develops. And before I know it, there's this funnel that drops down. Um, it didn't, it never, I don't think it ever touched down at that point. At, at that stage in the storm, it was just this brief funnel, but I had set up the camera to get a good time lapse of it, um, which was really exciting. I hadn't gotten anything, any footage quite like that before. And just the colors, like I said, the color palette of the storm was in incredible. It looked like it was fake. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, the dark green grasses of Kansas and the crops and um, some of these um, farmhouses and silos that were out in the field, just a beautiful scene. And this funnel spinning really slowly. And then it kind of tucked back up and I thought that was it. And I thought, wow, like I just got some really great stock footage. I'm really happy. I came up to the storm. If this is all that happens, I'm happy with what I got. Isn't that one of the things we always say, like you get to a place where you say, if nothing else happens, yeah. I'm happy I did this. I got something out of it. I got something yeah. and I'm okay. And then everything else is gravy. Yeah. Oh man. I did not expect the gravy that was about to come though. It was There's so much gravy. <laughs> a tsunami so of much gravy. gravy. Where'd the potatoes go? <laughs> um, <laughs> Title of ep. I did not expect the gravy that was about to come. <laughs> that's the title. That's the title. Uh, gravy tsunami. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, um, not long after, um, yeah, I repositioned, um, to keep up with the base of the storm. And just as I'm approaching this very small town called Selden, Kansas, I noticed another funnel forming. Um, and this, and the storm was looking a lot healthier at this point. Um, the wall cloud was a lot lower, a lot stronger. And there was this big surge of wind that came around the backside of the storm it's called RFD or rear flank downdraft. And as soon as that happened, I knew it was game on. There it is. RFD wrapping around. It's about to be fully condensed. Um, and I, I think I said it in the video, I said, oh, this thing's about to fully condense. Here comes the RFD. And sure enough, once that wind wrapped around and got sucked back up um, and wrapped completely around the, the funnel, the thing touched down. You see a puff of dirt come, come up um, beside me. Um, probably at this point, it was a mile or so away. And Which is not far. Like It's that, not again, far. It, it's hard to put that in perspective unless you're there. It's not far away. Yeah. Like, that's pretty close. For, yeah, for like something as for massive. Visuals. Yeah. yeah, for visuals. So this dust swirl kicks up, the tornado becomes fully condensed, and it's game on. It's right beside me. And um, just to set the stage a little bit, there's a road that goes northeast. And so the storm is traveling generally northeast, and here's a road that's going northeast, which is not common uh, in the central area of the United States. Typically, they're north, south, east, or west. Uh, so I had a northeast option that was going to basically parallel this tornado. Um, and pretty soon I, I realized that actually the tornado had a bit more of a uh, easterly orientation. So at some point it was going to cross the road. It was slowly closing the gap between the road and itself. And it was going to cross over at some point. It was, I mean, I couldn't have handpicked yeah. a better location. It's, to it's chase a per a tornado. That's a perfect road. Hardly. It, I mean, yeah. I can't, even remember the last time that happened that perfectly. Yeah. Um, and this tornado, it just, it was 
beautiful. It was in the middle of a field at this point. Um, I could see it just kicking up this really, the, the soil out there, was, out there was really rich and dark. And so the debris cloud at the bottom of the storm was this dark soil, which made a huge contrast to the, the lighter sky behind it. And then you had this um, whitish blue funnel extending down from these dark blue gray oh, clouds. It was incredible. And at that point, I'm just driving alongside with it. It's I think it was moving maybe 10 miles an hour, 20 miles an hour, not super fast. Um, And so I could just casually keep up with it, just taking a stroll with a tornado as it (laughs) goes down to Kansas field. Like it was just, I remember thinking like, Gabe, this is actually happening. Like I had to stop and and tell myself like, this is real. You're doing this. And (laughs) like this, the, the hard work of the last week and all the disappointments were totally gone in that moment. And so this tornado, you know, it's this beautiful cone tornado in this field, not doing anything. Um, There was a point where it got to about 50 to 100 yards away from the road, Um, probably closer to 50 yards. And I actually back up a little bit, but there's this irrigation um, and you, I'm sure most people have seen them, these irrigation equipment that kind of um, spins around. Um, you'll see it on satellite, these round plots of farmland. And so you have these irrigation systems that extend through that. And that's what waters those areas. So the tornado moved over this irrigation system that uh, the end of it basically stops on um, the side of the road. So there's the road, there's a train track, and then there's this irrigation system. So we're talking about 50 yards. The tornado moves over that, and I watched it as it just tumbled the irrigation system right next to me. Oh, it's right there. Right freaking there. Got debris coming into the car. Okay, we're rolling windows out. Right here, right here. This is absolutely insane. Picking up speed. And I knew like, okay, well, I'm not going to go any further forward until this thing's a little more in front of me because it's about to cross the road. Um, And at this angle that it's going, it's going to go over the road and stay on the road for a while. So I didn't want to get in front of it either because then I would be chased the entire length of that road through town. Um, And that was the other concern So now I'm going from elation and just like being on cloud nine is capturing this beautiful tornado to, oh shoot, the town's coming up and I'm less than a quarter mile away from this town and this tornado is actually reforming. And so it went from a cone tornado to a slightly wider, grungier cone tornado, um, toppled this irrigation system and then it moved onto the road and it kind of it looked like it died out a little bit. It turned into kind of this rope tornado and there were cars that were going by me. Um, and I paused because at that moment when it turned into a rope tornado and disappeared for a minute, all of a sudden this massive jet streak of wind whipped around the, the storm. So we're talking about that RFD again, but this was an RFD surge that was just insane. And you can hear the roar from it in the footage. It was just this instantaneous burst of wind that wrapped around the, the uh, wall cloud. Tornado had, had essentially lifted, but not fully. There wasn't anything condensed on the ground, but you could still kind of see dirt circulate, circulating on the ground just a little bit. But the rotation above me spread out when that burst of wind came and it got huge and i put on the brakes immediately because i I knew in an instant holy cow this thing's about to come back down and it's about to come back down a whole lot bigger than it just was and you could see it that the circulation widened you see uh what's called collar clouds it's kind of like this cloud debris that's circulating around uh where the tornado will be and that was my sign to say don't go past this point Oh gosh, cloud debris right in front of me.
And that's what I watched the whole time from this point on were, were these collar clouds because I knew it was about to drop a tornado. If you go within those collar clouds, if the tornado comes down, it's going down right on top of you. Yep. So I stopped and I watched those and um, they were moving and it, and it created this bowl shaped dark cloud um, initially. And you can see it's, it's like the bottom of a bowl. And all of a sudden you hear me say like, oh gosh, this is going to be huge. And all of a sudden this huge tongue of a tornado drops down in Selden. This whole thing is a tornado now. Oh my God, there it goes, there it goes. Huge tornado. Oh my gosh. Massive tornado. Like it just fully dropped right in town. And at first it was this big, fat, beefy funnel that touched down and then it whipped up and then another one came down. And I'm focused on what's happening in the clouds because above the tornado that was coming down, the circulation was uh, about four times as wide as a tornado. So I was super concerned in that moment. It appeared that a half mile wide tornado was about to drop right on town and completely consume the entire town in an instant. Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. Oh my God. The entire town's in the circulation. Um, what ended up happening, and you can see this cl clearly in the footage. Yeah, you have to go watch the footage for sure. Yeah, so these, what happened was it was a, a multi-vortex tornado. And so you had a half mile wide carousel of these smaller tornadoes that were circulating. And sure enough, it was a half mile wide tornado. You can read um, the uh, National Weather Service damage survey. It, the tornado actually did consume the entire town of Selden. But what was happening was in the main circulation, it wasn't fully condensed. So you didn't see this big wall of a tornado. It wasn't a half mile wide wall of a tornado. You just saw these little individual ones kind of wisping up occasionally. And like mm -hmm. when they would wisp up, it would like fling a roof into the air or it knocked a train over. Oh my God. Multi-vortex tornado underway. Huge pieces of debris. Holy cow. Oh my gosh, the town's being torn apart right here. And so all these trucks and cars were driving by me, not seeing the broad circulation of this tornado, the half mile wide. They were just seeing these small little wisps. And they probably thought at that point, like, ah, I'm, I'm probably safe to keep going. Although I honestly don't know who, who in their right mind would have thought that <laughs> but someone did though clearly the town someone was did. being destroyed by these small tornadoes you could see the debris flying and these cars and trucks were going by and unknowingly driving into the main circulation of this tornado too many people driving into that circulation bigger than they think it is they're all in the tornado down there. Y'all gotta stop driving. The real danger was these suction vortices that were rotating around. If you get hit by one of those, it will flip your car and pick it up in an instant. Um, and so you can actually hear me telling people like in the foot, like they could hear me, that truck, actually a truck goes by me and I say, man, you're gonna tip over. And he keeps going. Um, and what ended up happening was exactly that. Um, I drove through town behind this tornado. I had to pause a couple of times. This tornado was moving slowly. Um, these suction vortices were just wisping through town in a half mile radius going around town. Backing up. All right, cops going into town. Hopefully chasers are okay. This entire town was just completely totally in the tornado. All right, there's some damage. Yeah, this is still on the ground. More damage. Roof totally ripped off of this. Um, and what happened was when I got to the other side of town, that truck that had gone by me was on its side. Um, 
And by the time I had gotten there, people were already out. There were a couple of storm chasers who were closer than I was, who had checked on the driver. He was fine. But now the backside of the storm was, was moving over all of us. And so all this rain and hail was coming in. So everyone just hopped back in their cars. And then as soon as that stopped, we all got out and um, went and checked on, on the truck driver again to make sure he really was okay. And he's, he was fine. Um, so we helped him out of his vehicle at that time. Um, you have the first responders coming in. There were vehicles that had had their windows blown out. Um, all these uh, police cars and fire trucks were coming in. It was just this really chaotic scene immediately following the tornado. Um, and this is after the storm had moved away. So the rain had stopped. It was really cool and calm out. Um, but there was just this chaotic scene in that direct aftermath of all these noises and this truck that was overturned and people making sure there were people who had glass in their eye. Um, they were flushing, uh, water in their eye to try to get the glass from their windows that had blown out. Um, just a really chaotic scene. So it was just a crazy, I think it was probably 10 or 15 minutes total of that one tornado. And just to go again, we're talking about a roller coaster of emotions going from watching this beautiful tornado in a field all by itself and feeling amazing that I was able to capture it to dread. And you can hear it in my voice when that, that, tornado first touches down in Selden, I thought for sure that town was gone um, because there was this massive rotation above it, thankfully. Um, and, and this is why we talk about um, the EF scale can be deceiving sometimes. It was rated an EF1, but it was a half mile wide EF1. So it's inflicting a half mile wide damage path of um, EF1 damage, which is significant. I mean, it was strong enough yeah. to blow a train over. That's... That, <laughs> That yeah. does damage, and it did. There were houses and buildings and businesses that uh, sustained damage. On on the EF scale, it was low-end damage. Um, of course, that's all relative to who you ask. You yeah. ask the business owner if it was minor damage to his business, yeah, he's going to say, sure. no, it was a total loss. Um, so, yeah, just a crazy scene and a crazy chase. One of the craziest, definitely one of the craziest solo chases I've had. And one of the craziest chases I think our team has had in several years, um, being able to to drive up to that tornado and, and track with it and be 50 yards away and then just watch it turn into a beast. Holy smokes, guys. That's one of the craziest tornado encounters I have ever had. Oh, that thing went like multi-vortex in a hurry right over the town and it basically engulfed the entire town. Yeah, dude. Just... <laughs> Just so crazy, and uh, like we mentioned before, check the video out in the show notes just to to get, especially some of the stuff that is striking to me of the day, and I know you mentioned is just the colors um, mm -hmm. of the atmosphere that day, and the wildness of those multi-vortices um, just dancing around each other, those collar clouds, the reformation of... Uh, the storm of the tornado is is just an insane thing to see, and you did such a good job and you, you obviously had great roads, like you mentioned, but you just did such a great job, man. Like it's, yeah, it's a, it's a seriously. beautiful, beautiful chase. That road network is amazing. Like it really is one of those things where you get to a place where you find a road that takes you straight into the direction of the tornado. And that doesn't always happen. That's actually kind of rare. So no, that's super rare. Yeah. That this was a perfect filming from your left window from your left for your nine o'clock to your 12 o'clock basically yep uh filming yeah. the whole way which is ideal so it, there's a reason why like uh, if you're listening to this and you hear gabe saying he had to stop and tell himself this is actually happening because that's what that's what you dream of a tornado in the middle of nowhere you don't want it hitting town it ended up hitting town but luckily minor damage not not overly significant it, it's all relative right right um but but it could have been much worse but being able to see this this uh, white funnel just churn over a field while you're driving. It's the dream that yeah. that part, that part itself is the dream. And then, and then coming up on an overturned truck and, you know, you have this moment of anticipating a worst case scenario. And that was just like, my heart dropped when I came up on that truck. And I'm so thankful the truck driver didn't have a scratch on him. Actually, 
he he was loving the attention he was getting from the storm chasers (laughs) i will say that he he was taking it in stride i'm sure he knew that his cargo was insured his truck was insured he was all smiles not a bruise on him and what was Um, his cargo please tell me his cargo because this is important oh this is great so after making sure he was okay and you know all the storm chasers are catching up on the side of the road making sure everyone else was okay he came over and he said hey you know this whole cargo is a loss it's full of watermelon if y'all want watermelon just go help yourself oh my gosh and i'm thinking like (laughs) hey it's memorial day weekend this weekend heck yeah (laughs) i'm gonna go get some watermelon so i made a couple of storm chasers went checked it out and sure enough it was just filled to the brim with watermelon we we each grabbed a couple and he's like you can take more you know you sure um really really funny and so i brought home watermelon uh when I finally did make it home at the end of that trip um, to see my wife and kids, and uh, we had tornado watermelon for Memorial Day. There it is. R- rarely do you get to bring home uh, debris from a storm, and it <laughs> make, makes everyone delighted That's and right. happy. Right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> cool and refreshing. <laughs> so good. Maybe the only time in history. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, dude, great job. Uh, a really an awesome story of just perseverance and, you know, sticking with your dream and, and chasing after, you know, uh, the right opportunity and following your gut and you nailed it, man. So. Yeah. And thank you guys for the encouragement during that trip. I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge thing to pull out of this trip was the encouragement I got from you guys when I felt like giving up. Um, and you know, I wouldn't have gone North if you guys hadn't encouraged me to, I was ready to throw in the towel. So just reemphasizing the importance of friendship and community and having people who are going to push you when you feel like giving up. Yeah. You're going to get a watermelon at the end. You're going to get a watermelon every time (laughs) guys. That's a, that's a tornado trackers podcast guarantee. Awesome. Well, great job, Gabe. Um, great storytelling. And again, check out the video in the show notes. It's a beautiful video. It's the 15 minute extended cut that's dropping today. Mm. So do yourself a favor. Look at some beautiful, awe inspiring imagery shot by uh, our very own Gabe Cox. Uh, well, thanks so much, fellas. This has been a great episode. Um, if you're listening uh, and you're not uh, following us or subscribe to us on your podcast app, do that. That would mean a lot to us. Um, check us out everywhere on social media at Tornado Trackers and YouTube.com slash Tornado Trackers. Just hours of epic footage, blizzards, hurricanes, tornadoes. Uh, you name it, we've got it. Uh, so go check us out there. Um, thank you no, so much. No for volcanoes, listening. though. No, no volcanoes. Not, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We're getting there. We're going to get there next. That's the dream. Oh my gosh! <laughs> if you support us, we will go chase a volcano. Yes, um, that's right. <laughs> uh, and we will catch you in a couple weeks. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, see ya.